Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of AMA. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm going to be taking your questions And without further ado, let's dive right in. First up is Tyler Vigil. My personality is defined off of others. I'm never just being or saying what I actually feel. The problem with this is it carries into my own regular life internally. When I'm alone, I'm miserable and don't really have any interest in anything at all. I kind of just go blank into depression until I realize I should be doing something. When I do something, it's because I think I should or I think I'll enjoy it, but I never actually enjoy it. It's like I'm detached from myself, judging myself, uh, every, judging my every move. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy, but it's so fascinating to me how people can have such an insane level of clarity, which is way helpful, so I'm very glad that you do, but can have such level of clarity um, into that problem and then not realize that that obsessive loop is what's create or what's keeping the problem going. So what we want to do is just flip that. So as you're obsessing about, oh, I'm not enjoying this or I'm overthinking this or it's somebody else's personality or I'm watching myself and I'm removed and is to really focus on anything that's going to put you uh, in the moment, in your body, out of your head, like really feeling and experiencing. And if I had to guess, the thing that you need to be doing, this is so interesting, the thing you need to be doing is physical exercise and meditation. So the meditation is gonna help you really ground yourself right now here. So um, part of what makes meditation so powerful is like getting out of that loop of thoughts with some physical right here, right now, momentary anchor. And the thing that I use is the app Calm. We really need to get a sponsorship with these guys because I'm obsessed with them. And there's this one, um, they have scenes, and I picked this scene because it has the wind. And the wind only blows like probably for 60% of it. And so what I find is if I'm getting in that loop, I start waiting for the sound of the wind or when the sound of the wind comes and I really pay attention to it. And that grounds me in my body, it grounds me in that moment. And that is really powerful for practicing getting present and by that I mean like really feeling and experiencing your body, which is why I think that um, I hate hiking, but I think that it might be really good for you because it's gonna be something where it's gonna take all of your focus not to trip and you're gonna be moving um, and really grounding in your body and enjoying that present moment, um, I think would be really good. And then if that's not working, if you find that, oh, hiking is too easy and you're still in your head and it's still this loop, do something that takes you to absolute physical exhaustion. 
Um, and something that might be really beneficial to you, and I've only done this once, so I'm not, I'm not saying this one from experience, but I know that it is something that um, people report as just being really, really exhausting, uh, and I bring it up because I, I have a fascination with it, and if it were a bigger priority to me, I would really go into it, uh, and that is jujitsu. Um, so that's something that when, the one time that I did it with the amazing Faraz Zahabi, who stalk him online and bug him about coming back on the show, because uh, he's amazing, and I think you guys would love him to death, but that requires every ounce of your being. Literally, you cannot pay attention to anything other than that. And I think if you do things that push you like that, that take um, your mind and force it to be very connected to your body, I think that may help you a lot. And then having a belief system, things that you repeat when you get stuck in that loop uh, will be very beneficial. So, um, whew, so things like, I, you know, I'm the kind of person that is interested in whatever it is that you're interested. I'm the kind of person that is pursuing whatever so that it's things that you're yourself are interested in. I'm actually afraid to give you the specific words to repeat because you're already um, having such a hard time of not just emulating people. Um, so you're gonna have to discover these on your own, but really figuring out what at a physiological level you have a response to. It's not gonna necessarily be a grand response, um, but finding that first flicker of interest and then fanning those flames and turning that into something more robust, I think that's gonna be really, really important for you and spending time uh, doing the first two things that I mentioned is really, really going to help ground you like that. So, all right, that's my advice. Next up, Richard Potomac. Can you please explain the interaction between bullets 16 and 17 on the impact theory belief system? I totally get bullet 16. Building self-esteem around being right all the time is problematic. However, I'm struggling to grasp bullet 17. If we build self-esteem around identifying the right answer and pursuing it faster than anyone else, isn't that going to lead to us wanting to be right all the time? Wouldn't it be better to build self-esteem around something that's more fully within our control at all times? Like, for example, living consistently with our values. No, and that one in particular I think would be incredibly dangerous because um, being fluid and always being willing to change your values, your belief system, your, um, the, the um, God, what is the word that I'm looking for? Your, not values, not beliefs, the code, wow. The code that you live by, all of those things should be fluid. All of those things should be, um, you should be willing to change them based on evidence that you're getting from life. I think that's incredibly important. Uh, but if you really need something other than that, what I'm really hinting at with self-esteem is about building your self-esteem very specifically around being the learner. And being a learner, you can always control. Now, the whole notion of identifying the right answer, the reason I'm talking about that, and yes, I guess in a way you should want to always be right in that sense of, hey, I actually found the answer that is correct to move me towards my goals, uh, but it's really, really important to differentiate between being right, meaning you were the progenerator of the correct idea. Never ever worry about whether an idea, an idea was yours. Never worry about whether you came up with the right idea. Simply worry about what is effective, what's moving you towards your goals, making sure that you have goals that are leaving you fulfilled. All of those things are insanely important and you should absolutely build your self-esteem around a willingness to admit that you're wrong, which I find that people have a very hard time doing and that is a trap. And when people are unable to admit that they're wrong, they can't take that sting of, ooh, I have to admit that I was wrong. That's because their ego, their self-esteem is tied up around having come up with the right answer. 
Whereas, if you can instead feel good about yourself based on your willingness to admit that you're wrong, which means that you're open to new information, which means that you have a growth mindset, which means that you are learning, and all of those things are going to help you actually achieve your goals. And if your goals are, I don't want to use the word worthy, but if your goals are fulfilling you, if they're moving you forward, if they're making the world a better place, then pursuing your goals relentlessly is the absolute right answer. Now, if you have bum goals, then we have a whole different problem. Zach Thomas. Can you give your thoughts, insights on your experience if when you were able to shift your mind from being a victim of your circumstances to an empowered conscious creator, what was the one thing and or things that were the biggest catalyst for that shift? Um, So the biggest thing for me was letting go of my ego being built around who I was. So if your ego is tied to who you are, the things you've accomplished, anything like that, then you create this story that is really going to protect that, your current status. If, on the other hand, you're building that identity and your pride and ego all around being the learner, improvement, a growth mindset, being willing to admit that you're wrong, all of that stuff, then that's always pushing you forward. And so for me, the only thing that was a lightning rod moment pretty much in my entire life was the moment that I realized that I was... um, I needed to feel good about myself based on being right and smart. And so I was arguing with my business partner about something that was clearly, at the time it was just my employer, but arguing about something that um, I knew was wrong. In my head, there was a voice screaming, you know you're wrong, why are you fighting for this? And I kept fighting for it because he was so much smarter than me that it was damaging my self-esteem. And so I needed to be right about something to not just keep taking that emotional hit. So I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until finally I think he just relented uh, because he didn't want to keep arguing about it. And the problem was that I knew I was wrong. So when he relented and then I realized that we were going to do something for the business that was actually worse for the business, I had this um, moment of crisis because I had been telling everybody, nobody more than myself, that what I really wanted in life, my goal, was to get rich. And there I was acting out of step with my goals. So I thought, well, wait a second. What do I really want here? And this is one of those um, things I'll I'll give myself credit for, but unfortunately I'm not sure what I did to earn this moment of insight. And that was to um, really tell myself, hey, don't judge yourself. If what you want is to just feel good about yourself, um, then get out of this job. Stop working for people smarter than you. Stop trying to uh, move up in the company because that's hurting. It's really damaging your ego. It's not making you feel good about yourself. So if what you really want out of life is to just feel good about yourself, then go back to being the king of remedial jobs, which was emotionally actually really gratifying. And that's one of the scariest parts about that period in my life is that um, being in a job interview and the person saying, why are you applying for this job? You're, you're much too smart for this. Like That felt really awesome. Um, it's kind of like a bowl of ice cream. A bowl of ice cream tastes good and it puts you in a good mood and anybody that says that it doesn't is not having the same experience that I'm having with ice cream. But ultimately, it's horrific for your health and moves you backwards um, on the long run emotionally because you're actually losing credibility with yourself if you said you weren't going to do it and you're eating that bowl of ice cream almost as a compulsion. So 
That was the same thing that I was beginning to realize about what I was building my self-esteem around um, and being in that place of the king of remedial jobs and I didn't want to go back there, but I did want to feel good about myself. And so in that moment where I was just like, no judgment, what do you really want? Do you actually want to get rich um, or do you want to just go feel good about yourself? And that's when I was like, well, I need to feel good about myself and suicide is when somebody believes they can no longer feel good about themselves ever again. They're wrong. It's a whole nother conversation, but that's what they believe. And when you believe that you could never feel good about yourself again, it's actually a pretty reasonable response because what would be the point if you could never feel good about yourself? Um, so I wanna remind everybody it's wrong and it is a permanent solution to a very temporary problem. But nonetheless, I get the logic. And so I thought, well, I don't wanna go down that path. I know where that ends. So what do I need to change in order to get out of this? And I realized that, well, I needed to have an ego. I needed to have self-esteem, uh, but could I build it around something that was empowering instead of disempowering? And the answer was yes. I could switch my identity and my self-esteem over to being the learner. And I just covered all that. So, But that was the one um, lightning rod moment in my life. And once I broke down the need to be something and I could put all of my energy and joy and uh, get my sense of self-worth out of becoming something, which is a forever process, which means I never have to reach that idealized state. It's just my sincere um, pursuit of it gave me a lot of self-pride. And so that changed everything. And all of a sudden it was like, yes, you're right. I am wrong about that. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I know how stupid that sounds, but it's actually life-changing if you can do that and you can become a beast. Like everything, anybody listening to this, if you have any uh, sense of you are impressed by what I've accomplished or the way that I think, I assure you everything about me that you value is post that shift. And as much as I try to tell people, in fact, I can't wait for you guys to hear, I went on, um, oh God, I can't believe I'm playing on his name. He's so amazing. Wow. Big hair. New York comedian, how am I blanking on his name? Altucher? Yes, James Altucher. God, I know him so well, that's really horrific. Uh, I went on the James Altucher show and he was asking me a whole bunch of questions about, um, basically the punchline was he didn't believe that growing up I just wasn't that bright. Uh, and he kept like bugging me about it. And the thing that I want to like convey, yes, when you see somebody who's in shape, it is hard to believe that they were ever, um, without muscle or they were ever obese or whatever because you're looking at them post that. But I'm telling you right now, like my mind was such a mess um, and everything that you're seeing was because of that ultimate shift. And that I think if you boil everything down that I say, it is me trying to get people to have that moment where they stop worrying about being good, worthy, right, smart, uh, and they just click over to being a learner. Everything else will take care of itself. All right, Kevin Thomas. I've been building a business for exactly one year now with little results. While huge strides have been made, there is a little, nope, there is still a long path ahead of me. I graduated college in August and my parents are pressuring me to get a nine to five instead of continuing to build this business. I have about a year's worth of experience, expenses saved, but if this business doesn't work out, all of my savings will be lost and I will be forced to get a nine to five. Losing the savings won't bother me as much as hearing my family say, I told you so. But every day that passes, it seems more likely that my dream will always be just a dream. What do you think I should do? Do you have any advice for someone in my situation? Also, how do you know it's time to give up on your dream. All right, everybody, my most beloved motherfuckers, if you're driving in a car, pull over because if you can hear what I'm about to say, this is going to change your life. And I'll say it in the first person. 
when it comes to building a media empire, I am an infant. And every moment where I feel overwhelmed and I think, oh my God, what I have to learn, there's so much. Even just thinking about the relationships I need to build, which by the way, if anybody listening to this right now, if you were in the entertainment industry in any serious way, I want to hear from you. I want you to DM me on Instagram. I know you probably all have Twitter accounts. I'm not nearly as active on Twitter. DM me on Instagram because I am desperately trying to amass people. But every time that I feel overwhelmed, I remind myself that I'm playing the long game, that I'm the learner. I can learn anything I set my mind to without limitation. I can build the connections and I love the struggle. And one of the coolest ways I've ever heard about um, how do you know what you should be pursuing in life is to ask yourself, what do you wanna struggle with? What thing interests you so much that you're willing to struggle through it? Like what hardships do you want? Don't think about like the trophies you wanna win or the cool shit that you wanna be amazing at. Think about what do you love enough to struggle through? And I love storytelling and I think the impact of the right kind of stories being told is so massive and I so wanna have that impact that I'm willing to struggle through all of this. And because of that, I know that I will play the long game because I know that I'm gonna get a reward even when I'm losing because I'm having a good time. It's filling me with fulfillment. It's joyful. I'm meeting the kinds of people I wanna be around. I'm getting good at the kinds of things I wanna get good at, but I know I'm an infant. And so if you can understand that you suck at that thing that you wanna be great at right now, you probably suck at building businesses. If you only have a year behind you, the chances of you being any good are virtually zero. But how are you going to get good? And oh my God, I want you to want your family to say, I told you so. You have to want them to doubt you. You've got a fucking hunger for that shit. The people that doubt you in your life are the ones that are giving you the biggest gift. And once you understand that, because you will play the long game, you will keep going over and over and over, year after year after year, with absolutely no fucking patience. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying go all out because you love it. Year after year, after year, after year, after year, after year, and understanding that's the only way to become a beast. That's the only way to get good. It's the only way to build that network that you're going to need. You're gonna have to try and fail and get back up, but every time, pain plus reflection equals progress. You're gonna be getting better and better and better, and you're gonna be getting these skills, and it's not some binary moment where for 10 years you're struggling with no sense of whether it's gonna work, and then one day it either happens or it doesn't. It's not like that. You're garnering skills all along the way. You're growing more powerful all along the way. But if you're fucking broken by people telling you, I told you so, do you know how many times in my journey I look like an idiot? Over and over and over. But I knew what I wanted and I knew what I was willing to struggle through. And because of that, I just kept going. And like right now, I've said that we're gonna build a studio to rival Disney. Do you know how much credibility I lose with people for saying that? but do you know how much I'll gain when I'm able to point back and say, I've been saying this for three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, and just day after day, I'm executing against that. The number of people, in fact, one of my favorite things, a person bought a Neon Future t-shirt, which is the comic book that we made. Person bought the Neon Future t-shirt and they wear it as a reminder, not of the story, But as a reminder, 
that you can execute against your dreams. Now, when they sent me that DM, dude, I was so blown away because that, for it to represent that, because I've been saying it for two years now that we're gonna build a studio, put it on the website on the day we fucking launched. I put it on the website, what we were gonna do. And I've been saying it in this content forever. And so then people see that I'm executing against it. Do that on a long enough timeline and you will win. So I think everybody knows this at this point, but my father-in-law did not want me to marry his daughter. And yet, over a long enough timeline, I was able to completely win, excuse me, completely win him over, make my dreams come true. So you guys can do that 100%, but it comes down to how you react in that moment where people say you're going to fail or you did fail, I told you so, what a loser, they're laughing at you. You've gotta be able to see the long game. No one can believe in you but you, Evan Renfro. Do you feel self-awareness is a skill that can be improved with effort and intention? Also, do you feel it's a precursor to one's ability to truly improve and progress? So I think that yes, self-awareness absolutely can be developed. I had virtually none of it um, when I started. And I think if I'm really honest, I don't want this to be true. But if I'm really honest, you need to come face to face with some really painful moments where you look the ass because you were so unaware of yourself and you're gonna have to get slapped around and it's gonna hurt and you're gonna stop and really start to assess your behavior. But I know a guy who was straight autistic or at a minimum, he's so spectrum-y and I love this person to death, I won't even call them out, they know who they are. Uh, I love them more than just about anybody in this world, but oh dear God, are they on the spectrum. And I've watched them claw their way to self-awareness in a way that's so inspiring. It's absolutely incredible. So if they can do it, and a lot of it is reading books, um, talking to other people who've done it, figuring out what their tools and techniques are, um, but a lot of it just comes with you wanted something and you were unable to get it uh, because you weren't self-aware enough and it hurt or you embarrassed yourself, um, whatever the case may be, but it, it really has to start with the growth mindset. Like when I see, oh God, on Reddit, some of these people that like create entire communities about around being delusional. Like if you guys have seen forward slash nice guys, <laughs> if people don't want to go out with you over and over and over, that's a you thing. It's not a them thing. And that's the hard reality. And so for anybody that's willing to take that pain, like let me tell you right now, I was that guy. I could not get laid to save my life. And it took me a very long time to figure out that was a me problem and to work on that and to figure those things out. So remember, it's all your fault. You can improve anything that you set your mind to. And if you can switch your identity to being that of a learner, literally, you will be unstoppable whether it's self-awareness or anything else. Jose Gabriel Gonzalez. Hi, Tom. We know that you work out in order to achieve peak mental performance, but I have always wondered what your workout routine actually looks like. Is there a specific type or combination of workouts that just works best for you in regards to improving your cognitive facilities? For example, do you just weight lift or do you combine it with anaerobic exercise such as jogging, jump roping, etc.? Do you prefer one type of workout over another? Why? Okay, I'm probably the worst person to emulate when it comes to working 
working out because I hate it. My wife would be a far more interesting person. But I will tell you, since you asked specifically what I do, um, what I do is I put on a book. So let's start with that. That's already a horrific way to get the most out of your workout because my attention is split. Uh, But I listen to a book or a podcast um, and I do a uh, push-pull legs abs split. So I do push one day, so chest, uh, shoulders, triceps, and then I do pull on another day. So I'm doing um, back, biceps, forearms, and then I do legs and abs on their own day. So um, that's just how I split it up. You should probably vary your routine a lot more than I do. Uh, And remember, you can always judge someone's commitment to the gym by their physique. So my physique, I would say, is eh, like roughly average. Um, So if you really want a stellar physique, I am not the guy to emulate. I don't do a lot of cardio because I hate it and it just takes a lot of time and I find that it is way easier to manage my fat levels by my diet. So I do that uh, almost exclusively through my diet. If I'm really trying to get lean for some reason, then I will do cardio, uh, but I keep that to a minimum. And I find that that I've never noticed an increase in cognitive ability from the amount that I work out to like when I'm really going crazy. Uh, In fact, if I'm really honest, when I'm really killing myself in the gym, um, I'm more fatigued And also, I'm usually um, really, really tight on my calories, and so I find myself distracted by hunger as well. Um, So that has, I've never um, found that there's like, uh, oh, if you keep going and keep going, you keep getting more and more cognitively optimized. Um, So I do as much as I need to do to make sure that I'm strong, I'm feeling good, um, that I look good, and that I hit that level of Um, cognitive optimization that I notice is far superior to when I just don't work out at all. Um, I wish it were like an ever-increasing scale, uh, but I have not found that to be true. Um, But that may also be because I suck at working out and I don't do it. Um, I nearly enough like titrating and things like that to really test like down to um, the, you know, minutia. So if there are other people out there that are saying, no, 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 there really are these um, scales and jumps that you can have, I'd be very open to that. Um, But that has not been my experience. Now, my wife, on the other hand, is an absolute demon, works out for far longer than I do, far harder than I do. um, And her results are unbelievable. She has six pack abs year round year round, uh, which I cannot make the same claim. So it is very impressive and absolutely not worth it for me. So that is the reality. uh, And that's my workout. There you have it. Oh, no, Northy. Hi, Tom. I'm writing a book. Bravo. uh, A book series designed to instill mindset in those not seeking it. And I'd love to know your approach to marketing Neon Future. Who do you target and how? Do you ever mention the mindset beliefs to people outside of the Impact Theory audience? Are you targeting schools, seminars, influencers, etc., despite the mature content? Okay, so... um, I don't usually, I won't say never, but I don't usually mention the mindset element when it comes to the book specifically, but I mention it all the time when I'm pitching Impact Theory as a studio. So I say, you know, that we're only interested in making one kind of story. And just like Disney told one story over and over and over from a thousand different angles, um, and that made the brand stand for something, we're going to be doing the same. So if Disney created the most magical place on earth, we want to create the most empowering place on earth. So I do talk about that in the frame of the studio. But when it gets to the story level, if people think that you lead with basically preaching, uh, they're far less likely to engage with it. And I actually have a deep fear that because they're looking 
looking for that element of it that they won't see the story for what it is uh, and the elements of it that our mindset will jump way to the foreground and be distracting. Um, So I actually don't play that up. I talk about the story. I try to make it as enticing as humanly possible. I know that the vast majority of people that are going to get into the story are not going to be into the mindset portion of it. And I think that's just how it works. I think that that's how you begin to subtly influence culture is it just begins to seep in the characters that people look up to and admire have those elements. So as they emulate them, as they dress up as them for Halloween or whatever the case may be, they're just subtly bringing those values in as they share those things with their kids. Remember, this is a generational play. Then it begins to seep in. So um, I do not um, lead with that, but I definitely embed it in the story. And I'm a psycho. So we do it as a writer's room. And I'm absolutely a psychopath about making sure that the philosophy is real. And that's something that I talk to the writers. Um, we can never um, celebrate or uplift a character and their philosophy if it's not real. So um, that's huge for me. So probably most of our stories will have some sort of Yoda or Morpheus character. And that character will always represent a philosophy that is real. Um, and that in in embodying that real philosophy, the character's life will be improved. And that will be the hero's journey that we go on. And it's the hero's journey that you see in mythology. And that's why mythology is so effective because it was really allowing people to pass on um, core beliefs, value systems, the code that they live by, all of those things that were real. So that if the listener were to emulate those values, which is the whole point of storytelling in the first place, then their lives would be improved. Um, That's insanely important to me. Uh, Okay, so are we targeting schools? Not yet, but um, one day maybe uh, when we have a more youthful focused story, which we're working on some of those now. Um, Seminars, no, I haven't really thought too much about that. Although... Um, As uh, mentioned before, if anybody out there is interested in film and comics, there is something that we've considered doing a seminar series here in Los Angeles, um, certainly about how to break into comics, but would also like to expand that um, into filmmaking. Also, influencers is a big part of our strategy, making sure that they're aware of the book. We're doing some traditional PR or hitting people up like crazy uh, on Instagram and just trying to build out our network. Uh, We've tried paid, we've tried... um, organic uh, in terms of the actual marketing and advertising for the book. And then the biggest thing that we did was doing the book with Steve Aoki because Steve Aoki has 20 million people in his social ecosystem. So um, partnering up with a celebrity is going to be a big part of our approach. I'm going to try to do that. Probably not with every project that we do, uh, but with a lot of projects that we do because it just gets a lot of attention. It gets you a lot of PR pickup. And then if they have social reach, it gets you a massively exaggerated social reach. So that's how we're pursuing that. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this AMA. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you aren't already, be sure to subscribe. And by the way, follow me at at Tom As mentioned earlier in the show, Instagram is probably the best place to reach me. And again, if you're in the entertainment industry in a serious way, uh, I want to hear from you. So hit me up, DM me on IG. I'm looking to connect way, way, way bonus points if you live in Los Angeles. And by the way, if we have any comic creators out there, um, we want to hear from you. You can also hit me up at, at IT Comics for that. So if you're an artist, a writer, an inker, a colorist, we need colorists. Um, I want to hear from you. Yeah. Hit your boy up. At Tom Bilyeu, B-I-L-Y-E-U. All right, guys. Until next time, be legendary. Take care. 
everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.